listening to Fox Sports Radio. 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 This is Straight Out of Vegas with the voice of Vegas, your host, R.J. Bell. The pregame show America has always wanted. I doubt the future. I doubt the future. From the Vegas Strip, here's R.J. Bell. You heard it, I'm RJ, live on a Friday, live in Las Vegas, live on 225 FSR stations across this great nation. A lot of news breaking, a lot of basketball. We got an hour of a show, and we've got 77 minutes of content. We'll see, <laughs> we'll see what's going to happen. I feel good about it. Now, I'm the pro. He's the Joe in L.A., Jonas Knox. Always good to be here, RJ. And yes, on a day in which we've got win totals released in the NFL, all sorts of pre-draft buzz still happening. What is the Vegas lead here on this Friday? Vegas lead, we're going to start with Donovan Mitchell. This is one of the favorites to win the NBA title. Not the favorite Utah, but one of them and maybe their best player. Big question mark now. So let's start there. Yeah, the Utah Jazz, the number one seed in the Western Conference right now. They lose guard and two-time All-Star Donovan Mitchell. He left Friday's game against the Pacers after suffering an ankle injury. X-rays afterwards were negative. No word yet as to how long he'll be out. So the question is, one number one seed could you know even if he's out for two weeks right number one seed up uh for grabs i think it's fair to say yeah phoenix and the clippers are winning at a uh rapid pace both teams and by the way clippers an underdog as we said at philly tonight that's a big game especially for our bet 12 to 1 with the phoenix with the suns to win in the pacific uh, like I said, I'm rooting that one on a little harder than usual. <laughs> McKenzie, who specializes in the NBA, he made a very interesting point about how many points Mitchell actually scores. McKenzie, lay that out. Yeah, so Mitchell's averaging a career-high 26.5 points per game which is really good, top 10 in the NBA. But I actually think it's a lot better than people would see at first glance. If you look at his per minutes, because they're blowing people out a lot, his per minute scoring, 28.4 points per 36 minutes. Just to give a little context, Kobe had better than that just once in his entire career. So right now, where is Mitchell this year in points per 36? I actually don't have that. They don't. They don't make that list available. Oh, okay. Um, I think if you go to a, a Pro Basketball Reference, yeah, that's where I get the per thirty six stats. But for whatever reason, they never have that in their leader. Leader. Okay. So, yeah. but but obviously, and how many minutes is Mitchell averaging a game? Mitchell Take is averaging. Yeah. yeah, he's averaging uh, thirty three minutes a game. All right. So, I mean, Jonas, I think that makes an interesting point, right? Typical starter, would we say what plays thirty seven? 
in a, in the league? Thirty eight. Yeah, Hist- I would think. Historically, yeah. that's true. This season, it's been like three or four minutes less, you know, than average. The way okay. they've been doing it. Okay, that's McKenzie pregame.com. So to me, obviously, this is the team with the best record. Obviously, Mitchell was, you know, him and Gobert are the drivers. But just as obviously, if, if he's back all healthy for the playoffs, no big deal, though obviously the number one seed is at risk. What's your takeaway? Well, I just – what I think would be interesting is if they fall far enough back, without Donovan Mitchell, I, I think it's safe to say he's going to miss some time here. They're a game and a half up over the Suns right now. They're three and a half games up over the Clippers. I'm not saying this is a, a very likely scenario, but if they were fall to three and if the Lakers continued to slide, there's at least an outside chance they could draw the Lakers in the first round of the playoffs. And I don't think – Anyone wants any part of that going into the postseason. See, now there's different theories on this with the Lakers. So open your mind up to the following. When will the Lakers have the least amount of cohesion in the playoffs? Wouldn't you say the first round? Yes. Yeah. Because the theory is, okay, LeBron's been out for a while. Obviously, AD's been out for a while. And just as obviously, there's a lot of new players on the Lakers team this year. So they, when they were playing with both of their big two, Lakers looked mighty good. But it's been months and months since that was the case. I almost, if it's going to be seven games anyway, I kind of think they're going to be. I get the whole idea. Hope someone else can beat them, right? Because every every round you wait, there's a chance someone else beats them. Right. But man, oh man, I would say this: if you knew you were going to have to play the Lakers, which you don't. If you knew it, I think you won them in the first round. Yeah, no, that's a fair point, especially considering it, all the injuries, uh, you know, just as you mentioned, those, those guys not getting a lot of time to play together thus far. And you would imagine, regardless of how much of a veteran LeBron is, Anthony Davis, whoever, there is going to be that sort of ramp-up period. And if it ends up getting closer and closer to the postseason and it just makes sense to bring them back there, then I guess it would be an advantage to see them early on. Historically... Even the first of the big three, Miami, didn't have – they started really poorly. You know, they were like 500 over, I think, 25 games or whatever it was the first time, year they were together in Miami. Yeah. And it looks like Brooklyn is bucking that trend, but do we really know that? Right? So, in, in general, it feels like the first – you know, look at the Clippers last year. A lot of new players. Everyone thought they were the favorite the whole year and didn't even come close. So when you add Drummond and then you and think they haven't had any time with him, I think the first round's where I kind of want to get him. But again, I get the whole point. If you get eliminated in the first round in a seven game series, if that happens in the conference finals, you you have a you know, it's like Houston saying, Oh, we almost did it, you know, years ago. But right. if you get eliminated in the first round, no one's gonna feel that. So the stakes kind of go up for sure. I'm RJ Bell, we're straight. Out of Vegas. Mackenzie, do you have the NBA favorites in front of you, title favorites? Absolutely. All right, run them. Brooklyn Nets, plus 225. Second is the Lakers, plus 325. Then the Clippers at 6-1. to one. And then hmm. the Jazz at 8-1. to one. Jazz at 8-1. to one. In Philadelphia, what, 11-1? to one? Exactly right. Awesome. So, who, who do you take there, Jones? 
Well, I, I obviously I think the Nets are the team to beat, but I really like the Clippers. Uh, I, I think I think the Clippers have got a real shot. I don't trust the health of the Lakers. I, I just I think it's a bigger concern. I don't think it's going to be one of these. Once those guys come back, they're going to be firing on all cylinders. Uh, the Clippers have been playing pretty well. I, I think the Clippers have got a real shot to get out of the West. Is it as simple as the Clippers last year were the first year? And everyone's disappointed. Now the year they're finally ready to go is when people's down on them. Is it, is it that is that the handicap? It's also that there's no chaos. Last year it just seemed like there was always noise. There was always some issue. There was always you know a, a back and forth. Or even when they got to the bubble, there were arguments on the bet. It just doesn't. It doesn't feel the same. It feels like things are a little bit more quiet. And and maybe that quiet sort of atmosphere is you know better for a guy like Kawhi Leonard who's not all about the hype and and all about the buzz and and same thing with Paul George I just think they're playing a much better basketball I think they're a much better team now I tend to disagree and the reason being Paul George and we'll get McKenzie's thoughts on this as a specialist his ability to get to the basket this year I mean he's shooting the lights out to me when you got a guy historically that's not as good as he's shooting this year. I'm always worried that it's just a good run. And I think physically, he's there's either the toe or whatever. Maybe he's just getting older. He can't get to the hoop statistically the same way. And to me, I, if he's a jump shooter and his defense drops off a little bit like it has, I'm not sh- sure Paul George is a top 15 player at that point. And if he's not... I don't know how the Clippers win it, and we know his problems in the postseason even. And let's be candid. If you're shooting outside jumpers and you're nervous, that's a problem, right? Because, I mean, Paul George is going to be thinking of that. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm saying that's a counterpoint. Mackenzie, what's your take on the Clippers? Two things. Number one, I think it all hinges on Paul George. He's been a top 15 player, like you said, throughout the regular season the last couple of years, and not even close to top 40 performance-wise in the playoffs, particularly last year. Just dreadful. Number two, I'm optimistic on the Clippers because they got rid of, I think, two of their problem players, at least defensively. They got rid of Lou Williams, and they got rid of Montrez Harrell. And I've told you before, RJ, I think Montrez Harrell might have been paid by the Lakers. He was so bad against the Nuggets that series. But wait a minute. when You, you, you liked the Clippers last year to win it, I recall. I did. I did. And at various points when I was making fun of you for it, you said... Harold was they were trying to get him in the lineup and that's why they weren't playing well but once he got in the lineup it'd be worth the effort you don't remember that do you oh you do I no yeah I do I do so, and he, when so he, what he you're just saying, got worse than, like, what, he didn't oh, get better so now what you're saying is he becomes the problem he gets the blame for your bad handicap last year is what we're saying well, I was identifying last year how bad he was playing. He was just no, terrible, whoa, whoa, whoa. and he got worse somehow. No, 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 no. Quickly, and we'll move on. What you, <laughs> what you were doing was saying that there was a master plan that once Harold gets integrated, oh my gosh, look out, Clippers going all the way to the top. And thus you said, don't worry about these losses in the regular season. It's all with a purpose. And the purpose wasn't the case. It fell short. Thus your handicap was wrong. Well, Correct. it was the first round of the playoff I was saying that, but yes, yes. It turned out to be 100% wrong. All right. I'm R.J. Bell. He's Mackenzie Rivers. He's right sometimes. <laughs> and we got Jonas Knox with us. Let's do this, Jonas. Let's take an early break. And when we come back, Justin Fields. I mean, two days ago, he was a big 
underdog to be the number three pick. Yesterday, it was even money. Today, he's a significant favorite to be the number three pick. What's going on? That's coming up next, but first, Straight Out of Vegas is brought to you by AutoZone. AutoZone has more ways for you to start your job your way. That means getting what you need fast. Some jobs can't wait. That's why AutoZone offers free same-day store pickup. Free next-day delivery is available at over 100,000 parts. Visit AutoZone.com today to start your job fast. Get in the zone. AutoZone, he's RJ Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Straight Out of Vegas! Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. I disagree with intervention. I disagree with protocol. If you speak out against the words, then the heavens gonna fall. I'm RJ Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. Coming up here in just a couple of moments, we will get into the rumors that are swirling atop the NFL draft. And I've just decided, Jonas, before 650, if you get there at 650, it's too late. You're going to be relegated to being 50-50. I got a best bet coming up in the NBA. Season-long bet, but it's a season's almost over. It's it's I would call it an impromptu bet, which is one of our favorites. And we're getting to Justin Fields here in just a minute. This is the fastest growing show in Fox Sports Radio. Audience has doubled in the last year plus. Thank you so much for the support. Oh, my gosh, someone's calling. We're just going to say, forget that. <laughs> no, thank you, Bookie. <laughs> and we're going to keep working extra hard to deliver and deliver and continue to deliver. You can listen to us on podcast form. Simply search for Straight Out of Vegas on your favorite podcast platform. There it is, and you can catch up during the weekend. Right here on the Strip, 75 degrees, the neon is chugging. So, RJ, the rumors with what the San Francisco 49ers will do with the number three overall pick have been running wild for the last couple of weeks. We Everybody thought and assumed it was going to be Mac Jones. And then all of a sudden, over the last 24 to 36 hours, the Justin Fields rumors started picking up momentum with what San Francisco plans to do with number three. And the betting market has taken notice Two days ago, 48 hours ago, you had Mac Jones at uh, minus 200, and you had Fields at plus 200. So think of $100. If you bet on one, you would have won 50, on, and if you would have bet on the other, you would have won 200. It was that disparity, 4x between the payoffs with Mac Jones in the lead. Then yesterday, after the pro day, the second pro day, and the rumor started, oh, Justin Fields looked good, or who knows what drove it. I don't really know. It went to pretty much even. Both of them were even. Today, it surged where clearly Fields is ahead. He's the favorite. And clearly, Mac Jones is the underdog. That's what's happened. Now, I asked McKenzie, I said, find me the reports coming out of San Francisco that feel the most legitimate that maybe is this going to be just perception or is this coming from information? Because I go back to what we talked about yesterday. Adam Schefter was the one that they gave this to with Mac Jones. And I don't believe you give it to Schefter if it's not true. Now, it's there's a chance that maybe opinions changed, that they legitimately felt it then, Mac Jones, and now they're changing? I don't know. Mackenzie, what would you say are the two or so biggest reports coming out of San Francisco? 
I'd say number one, Albert Breer was talking on the Rich Eisen show, and he was talking about how Justin Fields was coaching up the receivers, and that must have impressed the Shanahan's, according to Albert Breer. And the second whoa, one, whoa, 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 whoa. Okay. So Albert Breer saying he saw something, you know, Fields coaching up the wide receivers, and he says, you know, as far as I can tell, that's something the Shanahan's are going to love, and that's why the odds are moving. I mean. Yeah, I mean, it's like you said. There's not, there's no like. The well, I guess, I, 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 guess reports. That, I guess that's the point. If that's the, the the reporting, I'm skeptical. What would be number two? That somehow he, they they comb their hair a certain way, and now it's a, it's it, or they're holding their hand in an okay sign. I mean, what's going? What, what secret stuff is going on here? To talk about secret. Benjamin Albright, Albright had an anonymous quote from an NFC West division rival. Doesn't say if it's a coach, player, or anything, but here's the quote. I'll believe Mac Jones to the 49ers when I see Goodell read the card, and even then I'll be checking CGI. So, so some skeptic in the NFC West. So some skeptic in the NFC West. Jonas, you, I always turn to you when the media doesn't make any sense. What's going on here? I, I don't. I mean, I trust uh, Benjamin Albright. He actually has been on Fox Sports Radio before, and and he's talked about how he doesn't like doing a bunch of mock drafts. He's not into a lot of the draft rumors and innuendos that are out there. I just don't know where he would have gotten the information from that, that would but, lead but him remember, to believe that it would be Fields. No, no. Correct me if I'm wrong. Did Albright say he thinks it's going to be Fields, or, or did all he do is report on the uh, someone from the NFC West saying that he's skeptical? He reported, I believe it was yesterday, that he is hearing more and more buzz that it's Fields going to the Niners at three instead of uh, Mac Jones. <sighs> I know this is it's you're, you're trying. I wish there was a way that you could hedge your bets that you could bet one and then and then go back and bet the other on Mac well, Jones just so you don't get burned. Well, you can. Right. I mean, the theory is if you would have taken like I mean, think of it like this. If you had taken fields two days ago. Right. Plus 200. Yeah. And now you're taking uh, Mac Jones at plus, you know, 120, 130. You'd have a guaranteed, you know, when you have these ebbs and flows, right. you, you really can lock in a profit. And we've tried to do that at various points with the MVP, where now Harden doesn't look so good now, but you get him at 30 to 1 at a certain point, et cetera. So it's kind of like if you remember the Mitch Trubisky, Nick Foles debate before the season, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it was the odds kept shifting and changing back and forth to be who was going to be the starter come week one. And I, I think we did it on this show where you just waited and 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 well, if we you had plus the, money both yeah, sides exactly and, and so I don't know if there if there's a way that you can can do that or if somebody already has done it but it feels like that to where we don't really have any information or evidence we just have reports out of a, out of a training camp as to who the who the guy is going to be but it just came down to what makes the most sense and what made the most sense was shortened off season give Trubisky the opportunity uh, to start the year and then if he's struggles they have a reason to pull him so i guess we just need to look at what makes the most logical sense for the 49ers here with this pick well but the thing that makes it a little bit more um high i guess risky is the idea that sometimes this information that leads to the betting is truly information so think about it everyone has high school friends. Everyone has, you know, they went to college, college friends or first job friends. And then if someone gets famous, 
you know, Colin today on FSR was saying that, oh, he has a friend he went to college with and he's been a stockbroker for 30 years. Makes a ton of sense, right? One guy gets super successful in the group, famous, and it doesn't really change it. Hey, he's friends with these people. And what tends to happen is there's a comment. Like, I'm not saying Kyle would say this, but let's say, you know, it's a couple days before the draft. And he's like, yeah, I think we're going to do Mac Jones, you know, do like two of his friends. Now, one of those friends, maybe, and this is, again, not this case, but generally the case, know someone that's a pretty big batter. So he says, hey, I'm going to tell you something, but you got to give me some of the win. And then once the first serious batter gets it, it just spreads like wildfire because he gets down all he can get down that he wants to get down. Then he starts trading it. He wants to give it to every big batter he knows because then one day he'll get something back from him, a really good piece of info. So, And that's what Fezzik sits in the middle of is those kind of things. So you'll see it oftentimes that it's information driving it that, that, that somehow slips out. And let's be honest, especially when like trainers know, when the underpaid people know, or not underpaid necessarily, but not highly paid people know, that's when they figure, hey, and that's why the biggest uh, game, not game fixing, but illegal information that's released or gotten is from trainers in college football. Because they're not making a ton of money, but they know about the injuries. And you see, you see that all the time. And if you remember, we were on the air when we were getting ready for the 2018 draft, and that was the Baker Mayfield draft. And all of a sudden, the day of the draft, the odds drastically changed. I think it was Josh Allen who was the favorite to go number one overall. And I think we went on the air that day and said, this has got to be information. Uh, The fact that the odds changed the way that they did, and lo and behold, the odds were correct. Baker Mayfield went number one overall. Now, you're bringing up a great point. And this is something that people are going to be able to take advantage of who bet is that between Tuesday and Thursday morning or even Thursday throughout the day. So the draft starts on Thursday. The mock drafts become not as much speculation with the best of them, but it becomes information. So what you'll see is... uh, a player will be like the 12th pick to a specific team, obviously, and he hasn't been to that team at any other point. It's just he got he got the word. They're going to take him if he's there. So to betting-wise, if you look at the final mocks of the three or four people that are the best at being – I don't think so much being uh, – figuring out how good the players are, but rather being the most connected. So a guy like Kuiper – and you really can make a lot of money on it. And I think you remember we had a couple of bets. I think it remember it was the Tua. Would Tua go ahead of Herbert? Yes. And yep. then it went from like even money to like minus 180. And I said, guys, we're still betting this, which you know me, Jonas. I never lay 180 when it was just plus 100. But when it's information like that, it was almost a sure thing because people people knew it and, it, and the betting started showing it. And I think it was also that Tua, the over-under draft position, 
position, if I'm not mistaken, was five and a half. Was five and a half. He went five to Miami, and of course, six was Justin Herbert. And early on, there was a lot of money pointing towards. Um, I think the odds were pointing towards Tua going after the fifth pick, and we were all over that, saying this doesn't add up. And it was almost. I think we were talking about correlation. It was like a correlating bet to where if you liked Tua to go that early, Miami's going to be the team that's going to go with him, and you could actually double up on your picks. I'm R.J. Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. That's Jonas Knox. So, Jonas, we haven't talked much about, and we didn't necessarily plan this. I just want to get your gut feeling. Uh, Deshaun Watson, there's been another week or so worth of news since we've talked about it. What's your impressions of specifically the last week or so? Um, I think the most eye-opening was that his lawyer came out and acknowledged that something did happen between Deshaun Watson and these women, but it was consensual, which was a far cry from... You know that that nothing happened. It was a money grab, and some of the other terms that were thrown out there. And I think we're up to twenty something lawsuits. I think another one got filed. I think one woman dro- dropped her lawsuit because she didn't want to reveal her name and her information. But then another one actually filed a lawsuit this week. And so I think just a week ago, when I when I heard that, yeah, something did happen, uh, but it was consensual. That's a big difference from you know uh, th- this is in, nothing about this is true. And this is uh, they're attacking me, trying to trying to make some money. They wanted me to settle outside of a court. I wouldn't do it. I just think this thing's taking a whole different turn. So what is the best case scenario for Watson? Meaning, meaning, let's assume that the civil let's say let's say he wins the civil cases, all of them, but the evidence is clear that because remember the civil burden of proof is 51% or 50.01%. So remember OJ, when it was the reasonable doubt, he got uh, acquitted when it was the civil case, he got convicted or not convicted, but he was found against him, judged against him. So it strikes me that if the civil cases go against him or even one does, the NFL has got to do something. Yeah. But in, but let's assume that they don't go, you know, Watson just went, you know, he wins, but the evidence was no one thinks it was just like a goofy lie. You know, it was like, it felt like there was something here and the the, the jury went the other way for Watson. Doesn't he get suspended even then? If it was, oh, 20, yeah. if it was 20 accusations that had legitimate evidence even though if in this hypothetical, the civil uh, case and, and odds are they probably settle anyway, more than I think about it. So let's say they settle them because remember, settlement isn't a sign of guilt. Oftentimes, settlement's just good business. So if he settles these cases, what does the NFL do? Well, he's gonna get he's gonna get suspended. I you mean, think for like a season? I I don't know if it's a season. Zeke Elliott got suspended six games recently. Um, uh, ben Roethlisberger, and, I and think, that was like for a bar fight, wasn't it? Yeah, or, or I, I think it was something like he had a domestic. He pulled the girl's top down or something. Uh, yeah, bar. he was at I think a St. Patty's Day parade, and he pulled a woman's top down, and it was on video. Um, and then there there was a couple other things. He got suspended six games. The Ben Roethlisberger situation, he got popped. I think for six games um uh, after ben, ben was four 
Was it four? Okay, yeah. yeah. So as a Steelers fan, I remember. Okay, yeah. So, <laughs> so then you know, yeah. So four games there. I I think Watson's going to miss time. And what's ironic about this whole thing is that we came into this off season, you know, a couple of months ago, talking about how many games is he going to sit out? Uh, Houston's got to do something with him. Like there was an expectations that he was that he was going to go all the way and miss time with Houston. And now here we are, and he might miss games, but it's for a reason nobody saw coming which is why everybody has been taken aback by the whole thing. And if you look at it, the win total is out. The season wins <clears throat> for all the NFL teams. And I like Houston under. So I saw five. What do you think of that, Jonas? Yeah, I, they're, they're pretty bad. Um, and, and that <laughs> I feel at least – at least there's hope in that division, uh, other than Houston. In in this in the, the fact that I think Houston's going to be the worst team by far. Jacksonville, um, you know that they could have turned they could turn things around pretty quick there if Trevor Lawrence plays well. Um, Indianapolis has got a good roster if they really believe that uh, that that Carson Wentz can work with Frank Reich there. That makes a lot of sense. Tennessee, um, they've been a really good team the past couple of years. Houston's by far and away the worst team in that division, and I. I, around five, that makes a lot of sense to me, and I would not be surprised if they were a four-win team again. And, um, AJ, remember, four-win team with maybe the third-best quarterback in the NFL or yeah. certainly one of the top four. There were four really great seasons last year. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers and obviously Mahomes. And you uh, with the Bills, for Josh sure. Allen. Josh yeah. Allen, for sure. And then... You had Watson, and yeah. some people thought Watson had like the second best year. It yeah. was a great. He was the only at PFF. He was the only quarterback not to have a bad game. Like yeah. He, and so the the thought that Houston was a four win team out of sixteen last year, and then they lose a quarterback that was probably worth about seven points to Taylor as a backup. If you're seven points worse than a four win team. <laughs> that, that's the worst team of all time. It really is. And this is also a 17-game season, so we're talking about a 5-12 and 12 team yeah. as opposed to. Yeah. yeah, it's bad. So A.J. Hoffman, who does Houston radio, and he was on with us during March Madness. He does podcasts and stuff with pregame.com. He emailed me today, and again, he's right in Houston. He says he likes the under. He thinks there's value under Houston. I tend to agree five wins is projected. One quick thing about Houston before we see what's trending. The New England contingent that's gone down there, when they were at New England, there was a sense, uh, or not a sense of, but their focus was the veterans that are like the 40th, 45th guy on the roster that they were able to get, they were kind of scouting the league better than anyone. And if you actually look at Houston's moves this offseason, it was all at the bottom of the roster. So they were really leaning on what they know best from the New England days. I don't know if it really helps them this year, but I kind of got some optimism that three, four years from now, or four is even too many, three years from now, I'm not sure Houston's not back in the playoffs. So yeah. as much as I think this year is going to be a tough one, I think that the moves I see so far feel to be – listen – if you if you make big moves when there's not a big move to be made, that's a huge mistake. And I think the good thing is they made small moves, and that's what they do best. So I'm optimistic, at least long term, with Houston. 
Straight out of Vegas here on Fox Sports Radio. I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. He's the voice of Vegas, RJ Bell. Okay, so let's take our last break. And when we come back, I've got an NBA, and I'll tell you what it is, an MVP bet. An MVP bet in the NBA. I love it, love it, love it. That's coming up next, but first, Straight Out of Vegas is brought to you by AutoZone. AutoZone has more ways for you to start your job your way. That means getting what you need fast. Some jobs can't wait. That's why AutoZone offers free same-day store pickup. Free next-day delivery is available on over 100,000 parts. Visit AutoZone.com today to start your job fast. Get in the zone. AutoZone, he's RJ Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Straight Out of Vegas! Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Hey, it's me, Rob Parker. Check out my weekly MLB podcast, Inside the Parker, for 22 minutes of piping hot baseball talk featuring the biggest names and newsmakers in the sport. Whether you believe in analytics or the eye test, we've got all the bases covered. New episodes drop every Thursday, so do yourself a favor and listen to Inside the Parker with Rob Parker on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcast. I'm R.J. Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. And R.J., you have promised a best bet. You are ready to deliver a best bet on the NBA MVP. Now, Jonas, you, this isn't your first day in radio. We don't lead with the lead here. <laughs> we, want, we want to do one little thing first, not too long. So let's talk. Why don't we do the Clippers Philly first, and then in like three minutes, we'll do that special pick. All right, so coming up at 7 p.m. Eastern time, less than 15 (laughs) minutes from now, it is the Clippers and the 76ers on ESPN, and right now on pregame.com, Philly is a four and a half point favorite. And let's talk about the market moves. When we started the show less than an hour ago, the line was only three, Philadelphia by three, then announced Kawhi Leonard out. The line jumps to six and a half. So that's about a three, one, you know, three and a half point adjustment off of the news. Leonard sitting. That's about right for Leonard. But then Tobias Harris sitting for the Sixers announced after that it moves the line two points back to four and a half, where we are now. Now I would say Harris Tobias two points. I know he's playing very well, but boy, that seems like a nice jumbo number. A lot of respect there. Mackenzie Rivers pregame.com. NBA specialist. What else do you got on the game? Paul George was the player of the week last week, like we talked about in the beginning of the show. He's been playing great in the regular season, better than ever. He's not getting to the rim as much, as you mentioned, less than 20% of his shots layups. That was over 20% in Oklahoma City. So if he can keep it up in the playoffs and play like this, we'll see tonight how he can do. But so you, know, do, you do can't prove fa- anything till June. Do me a favor. As we're talking, what was last year's so you were saying over 20 at OKC. So what, it was you're saying over 20, under 20. What's the exact numbers? Do you have them in front of you? Yeah. So his last year at OKC was 21% shots right at the rim. Last year was 18%. This year, the last year was 15%. This year, 18%. So with the Clippers, he's had a more perimeter-oriented game. But actually, this year, more than last year, he's getting to the rim. 
Yes, that's true. Wow. Okay, but that's a, think about that, Jonas. From the last year at OKC, Paul George at the rim, to the first year at the Clippers, he dropped six points, which was about 30% of the times he got to the rim were eliminated. So about one out of three got eliminated. I, that doesn't bode well. I mean, to me... If you're not a super outside shooter, your ability to get to the rim, it gives you that both elements of your game. You know, otherwise you're Steve Kerr, right? But you don't shoot as well as Steve Kerr. Yeah, and I also think that Paul George came into this season, I, he had never gotten the kind of heat that he got last year. Like, he had never gotten that type of criticism, and so he had to figure out something and some way to play better, and I guess this is his answer uh, so far. Well, I, I, but again... If you get nervous and like there's reason for Paul George to get nervous, it's kind of tough to shoot those long jumpers. So speaking of that, I know we're a little late on it, but Luca's shot to win that game. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's so funny, though. It dawned on me that we need to expand the court. Like these guys, it looks like it takes them two steps now to go from the three-point line. Uh, I mean, like I get it that you can't expand every court in America, but this is the NBA, right? There's only so many courts you'd have to expand. It feels like you put two feet, or uh, I don't know, maybe two feet on each side, and maybe move the three-point line a little bit. It, Would you object? No, I, I wouldn't object. It just—it looked like he was playing that game at the carnival where they've yeah, got the yeah. red the red bin and you throw the wiffle ball in and try and get it to stay without bouncing out. It just—it was underhand. It was just this awkward. I didn't even realize it was a three until after watching the highlight and they and the announcers didn't even realize it was a three because he just seemed so much closer than the 22, 23 feet that he was behind uh, uh, to the basket. Expand the court. Okay, yeah. now that's a good prelude. Now, let's set up that best bet. Yeah, it is a best <laughs> bet for R.J. Bell, the voice of Vegas, and it's on the MVP race in the NBA. Okay, now I love it. There's nothing better than having both intuition, you know, a sense of this is right, and data to back it up. So the pick is Jokic to be MVP. Now, let me admit something right away. But... Three months ago, I didn't think Jokic had a heck much of a chance at all. The point I'm going to make now is, and by the way, the odds on this, minus 220. So this is we're laying the lumber here. I think the odds are well over 90%. The odds only got to be about 68% for this to be right for us. And I think it's well over 90. And here's why. Who's going to win it if it's not Jokic? Embiid? He's the second favorite. How in the heck is Embiid going to win it? I mean, he missed missed too many games. Yeah. I, I mean, I could see if, if Jokic um, gets hurt and misses like the last month of the season. Yeah, no doubt. That's the the, the ninety. You know, the less than a hundred percent. Harden is at fourteen to one. And well, yeah, we got them at thirty to one, so I'm fine with it if he does. But I mean, unlikely. And then Giannis at fourteen to one, and that would be, as you know, Jonas, three straight MVPs, which would put him in the rarest of rarefied air that doesn't even have MJ in it. And I know maybe they shouldn't think of it. The voters are going to think about that. I don't think anyone's even viable. If I asked you who would win the MVP if it isn't Jokic, who would you say? Oh, God. Um, 
It's, it's like impossible, isn't it? Yeah, because everybody's got the same issue. They've missed time, and because they've missed so many games, I, I, I guess maybe it would be MB. I had to go with somebody, but I think, look, I think Jokic is is the answer here as far, and I like the pick because he's now in the spot that LeBron found himself in where Anthony Davis went down, so all of it was on LeBron James to try and get this team uh, to still continue to play well, which yeah. gave him an advantage in the MVP race. Well, now, Jamal Jamal Murray's down, and Jokic finds himself in the same spot uh, in, in regards to trying to carry Denver all the way to the postseason. And quickly, this is something that they did, the MVP straw poll at ESPN. So this is the data behind it. McKenzie found this. 90 out of 100 first place votes when they did this was for Jokic. That's the most they've ever had in four years. So he's the, as big of a favorite with the voters as anyone's been in the last four years. We're only laying minus 220. That's the pick on Jokic. If you missed any of today's show, including that best bet on the NBA MVP and a look at what is happening at the top of the NFL draft, check out the podcast at FoxSportsRadio.com. We are straight out of Vegas. We are back on Monday, 6 p.m. Eastern time, 3 o'clock Pacific, right here on Fox Sports Radio. And as always, you can check out the show on the iHeartRadio app. Straight out of Vegas! Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. 